Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Mark Ainley. Thanks for being on the show, Mark. Ah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I know you have an awesome audience and you have awesome content. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be able to contribute. Yeah, Mark is a Chicagoland area real estate expert with extensive experience in growing his own residential and commercial portfolio in the last 15 years. In addition to the development and construction experience, Mark is a founding partner of GC Realty and Development, which is known to be Chicago's most responsive property management company with management close to, and I know the bio says 1,000, but I think you mentioned 1,200 units before we got started here. So in 2 million square feet of commercial space as well, uh, under management. So he's been featured on CNBC's TV show, The Deed, chronicling one of his rehabs and his company's struggles with strong growth. So Mark, welcome to the show. Grateful to get to meet you and, ha- and have you on. And, uh, you know, give us, why don't you give us a little more background just about yourself? And I know you've done construction, you've done lots of different things, and now you have a great management company. Uh, but I know one thing you're, you can really help us with too, is just how you've been so successful and just connecting with the right people and networking and some of those tips that I know is going to be very helpful to the listeners and myself. First off, thanks for having me out here. I'm happy to have this opportunity. Secondly, anytime you get to uh, share experience, especially mistakes, I, I love to jump at it. So a lot of uh, today, I usually I'll talk about uh, some of the mistakes I made. But the one thing that I love about real estate is there's so many different ways to make money. And uh, you know, up market, down market, whatever type of market you have, and the numerous different asset classes there are, there's so many different approaches to making money. Some all at once or one at a time. But we have. You know, I started off at a very young age um, as far as uh, investing. And I, I actually, the first investor property I ever bought, I hired the first bad contractor. He screwed me over. I, I rented to the first sad story tenant. We did an eviction or modern day cash for keys with her. And uh, I said, I'm never doing management again. I was actually, after my first deal, I was almost discouraged. But getting back into real estate pretty quick after that, just working as a broker, you know, and I was able to really learn so much facilitating deals. And, you know, we were actually for a handful of investors, taking the property, finding the property for an investor, doing the construction, which helped us get the crash course on the construction piece, and then selling it for them on the back end. So we were basically a turnkey flipper for, for investors. And that was really how we gained a lot of our experience in, uh, in the early part of, uh, of my career. And then just growing you know, throughout the years, you know, we were fortunate enough and unfortunate enough to uh, go through the downturn, which is something that you know, I, I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar on a few things. And then at the same time, I was able to grow from that, but yet also help a lot of people get out of their issues as well. So that, you know, just going through a, a big uh, cycle change like that was a huge uh, experience in, in helping our growth. It sounds like you know, you've had... Uh, you've gained expertise through experience in lots of different aspects of the real estate business, no doubt about it. And after 15 years and, and all this experience, uh, I wanted to ask you right off the bat, would you have done it differently? Or is there one area that you would have, you would say now, okay, you know what, if I had just focused on this one thing in the beginning, you know, this would have been so much better or no, you know, this is gain. I've gained so much experience through all these things that this is, this has been the best route. I think I can answer it two different ways. Well, physically, as growing a business in general, you know, our, our company GC Realty Development, which was uh, which really houses the construction, houses the management, houses the brokerage, and facilitates a lot of the investment side of things. 
if I would have grown and hired people faster, uh, that would have helped me move faster. So a lot of the, uh, you know, my favorite book right now is The Who Not How by, by Dan Sullivan. And uh, that, <laughs> yep, yep. There I've it been, is. I've been mailing it out to people left and right. You know, if I would have found a lot more who's early on versus trying to figure out the how, and then if anything, paid myself less to be able to uh, invest more back into the company earlier. So that's kind of the, the business growth side of things. On the real estate side, I think I would have focused bigger, faster. You know, we did almost 500 single-family, two-flat, three-flat type properties. I would have maybe uh, did something a little differently as far as maybe gone a little bigger, faster earlier on, or at least did a combination of, of both. You know, maybe gotten a little more syndication at that point. So, just kind of uh, going bigger, faster, and then then having the right people around me sooner versus trying to figure out everything by myself would probably be a couple pieces of advice. Some great advice right there. I mean, if we just stop the podcast right there, that's great. <laughs> that would that would be great value. I mean, if everybody listening would think about, you know, you know, who who's who are you surrounding yourself with for one? But are you know, have you hired somebody to help you with some of these things that, that are maybe better at some specific tasks than you are? Uh, you know, and just get that completely off your plate. Give it to somebody that's better at it anyway, uh, and you're going to move so much faster. So, what about? We briefly talked beforehand just about how you've connected with the right people, just how you've how you've networked and how that has helped you to gain success. And, and I know we talk about it often, but I feel like still people don't do it, you know, and they don't do it well, or they have the wrong thought process behind how they're connecting with people and their motives, things like that. Can you speak to that? Well, I think I've always wanted to connect people. I think maybe from an earlier age, it was more of to be liked. I don't know. Maybe it was wrong ulterior motives in there. But it turned into then, hey, I realized if I make other people money, you know, they'll, they'll bring me back business or they will uh, refer us. And then uh, it turned into really just, you know, after going through all of the development and all the first 10 years of my career, all the mistakes I made, just then turning so many opportunities into, hey, I did it this way and this is how I did it wrong. Teaching experiences where I take that extra time or maybe talk to someone on the phone for a half hour that, you know, I know they're not going to hire us for management or I know they're not going to buy a property from us. But the the value that or the maybe tens of thousands of dollars I might save them from making a, a wrong mistake, it might not necessarily come back from them directly, but it comes back to me just, you know, somewhere else in life. And the one thing that to, to help people, especially here in Chicago. My, one of my goals is to really, you know, we have a lot of out-of-state investors here in Chicago and to help out-of-state investors understand what the market's like here. I, I try to point people in the right direction and I have a pretty good circle, of, uh, it's called sphere of influence that, you know, someone calls me up from uh, California and want to invest here in Chicago or the suburbs. Here, these are the three people you need to talk, uh, talk to. Here's the six videos you have to watch. And here's the, here's the ebook with the nine things that you're going to get screwed on. That, that's kind of the mentality I take in trying to help people. And they out people remember that people that that candid conversation you have with them uh, when they know damn well they're not going to hire you either they remember that so were there specific ways that you connected with those people as far as you know did you find specific I don't know places or groups or anything like that when you were getting started even as your you know your business has grown and you've done different things you know what did that look like as far as finding those people to connect with any one of these, you know, BNI type groups on a local networking level, the chambers and all this stuff. I think that's where I, I got started, but that's that's a very small world in a very local uh, market, and then expanding past that, you know, getting into places. You know, I think Bigger Pockets today, to me, is still one of the best places for me to get to know other real estate investors. And if you're on there adding value, th- that's huge for us. And then, of course, you know, we've expanded our influence through our podcast, which. Is all about uh, educating people on Chicago, what it's like to invest in Chicago. For anything from a single family to a trailer park, I guess, there's different topics we talk about there. 
So was that your focus? I mean, when adding value to others, a lot of people say, well, you know, I've not done anything in real estate yet. I, I, you know, I don't have any value I can add to people. What do you say to that? Or how did you do that initially? Well, so I think that is uh, a lot of yourself getting in the way of yourself. Um, I, I think everybody, any noob, that's what my, my kids, uh, make, they call me a noob on all these different things. It's a, the word for newbie, I guess, nowadays. But any, any newbie type investor coming into the market, you know, they have something. You know, they might have a marketing expertise. They might have... You know, for us on our podcast, we have three or four people that have different... They want to be in real estate, but they, they haven't done deals yet. But one's working, helping us find sponsors or one's helping us coordinate the the YouTube uh, videos and, and all that stuff. So everyone has something they can contribute. And, and when you're looking to be in a real estate, there's plenty of you know your own kind of superpower that you might not even realize you have. You might just be really good at coordinating things or keeping organization when you could help a local real estate investor that isn't as uh, savvy at uh, staying organized, but he's good at, at facilitating big deals. So uh, I, I think everyone has value to add to somebody else. They just have to kind of look inside themselves to find that. I like how you just right off the bat said, you know, you're getting in the way of yourself. And I, I could not agree more. Uh, you have to change that mindset altogether. But, you know, you, you mentioned like focusing on Chicago, like that's your expertise. That's where you're at. It's where your business is. So you're not telling people in Dallas about Dallas, right? I mean, you were focused on that. And, and how has that helped? I mean, I know it does. I mean, niching down and almost anything, you know, helps you to gain just more knowledge and more credibility about so many things. But can you just speak to that niching down, you know, to focusing on Chicago, as opposed to the mindset of, well, there's, you know, it's just going to limit my, my network too much. Well, I'm very lucky that Chicago is a huge market, but even there's a lot of cities that are half the size that your listeners are, are, are from. You know, you know, we have 10 million people here in the, the entire market, but you know, even a million person market is still a really good area to play in and really focus in on. And I'll even take it even down a notch. You know, we're, we're even focusing on smaller stuff. I call it 100 units and under and down to even single family and townhome type investing. So we uh, narrow ourselves down even more. And there's think of how many people you really need to work with. And then you kind of go from there. So if, uh, you know, for us to be successful, we really only need to bring out four or 500 new clients to really hit our goals, which is to 3X uh, our company. So uh, when you look at it that way, that's not many people. So you really kind of have to go after what you're looking for in that sense and be able to hone in. Now, let me add one more thing. What I've became good at as well, too, is when I'm talking to somebody that's come from California and they're looking at maybe a Texas market like Dallas or San Antonio, I know the property manager in San Antonio or Dallas that I'll refer them to. Hey, listen, if you're looking down there, check out this person. They're going to be the person that's going to guide you. So I try to, uh, you know, if they're not going to buy in Chicago and they're going to buy in Memphis, I'm going to make sure I connect them with the people that I've networked with over the years through different forums that I know are going to take care of them in other states. Now you add value there by just saying, hey, listen, you know, I might not be able to help you, but this person will be able to help you down there. So that's awesome. No, you're and you're adding value to them in a big way, and they're going to remember that. So maybe when they do think back about Chicago, you're going to be their man, right? Quality referrals. Uh, I love that. And I wanted to to shift just a little bit here because I, I I noticed you know like in in the bio it says you know Chicago's most responsive property management company, and, and I wanted to learn a little more about that because I think it's it's so important. It's just the response time communication with your property management team, no doubt about it. Have you all gained that that title? Well, you know, it, it was something, it was second, the actual, you know, we trademarked the, that, that Chicago's most responsive property manager. We trademarked that last year, but that was secondary. The actual trademarking was secondary. We realized, so everything I just told you about, you know, to us working with investors early on and, and, and doing all those things, we've always been super responsive. 
you know, if, if you get an email, you know, I'm a zero inbox, email inbox guy. And we try to train our team to, to be similar. If anything, those are questions that we talk about in the interview process now for right fit for, for new hires is uh, the whole zero inbox concept. But, you know, you know, people call, call them back. If you, people are going to uh, email, email them back. If you say you're going to do something by Tuesday, you're going to do it by Monday night. Just laying out the expectation. And we're in a service business um, for property management where a lot of the customer experience is what's most important. Uh, the customer experience of why people are going to hire you and potentially why they're going to stick with you for 5, 10, 15, 20 years is all about really that that experience. And, and a lot of it has little to do with pricing because our pricing is, you know, we're within 10% higher or lower of anybody else in our market. We're just going to get back to you faster and we're going to make you feel better about our service. Nice. I, I want to give you a minute too to highlight the the zero inbox concept. Uh, you said you're a zero inbox guy. Uh, I can remember, you know, before having a full-time assistant, I mean, it wasn't uncommon for me to have 800 emails in my important and unread, which is that alone just stresses you out, right? Thinking about you got to get through those. But now, you know, I'll have 15 to 20 a day and we'll knock those out. Uh, I mean, that, that I have to look at everything else my assistant's taking care of one way or the other, right? Uh, how do you handle that? Give us some concepts around that because I know that is a big issue for most people. Well, the whole idea is when you're going through your email, every time you touch an email, if it's something that takes less than two minutes, you knock it out. If it's something that someone else should do, you forward it on. If it's something that you're not going to get to until next week, you you let them either know or you put it in your, your next week file. So there's so many different uh, tools out there today to kind of help you achieve that. I've, I've used uh, Active Inbox and another system called SaneBox that I'm just able to kind of filter things out and move things around quickly to be able to uh, get to what really the meat of some of the important emails. You know, so out of 100 emails, like five of them might really be crucial for the, the success of uh, my company or my next step or maybe something that a deal I'm trying to get done. So just trying to make sure that you're able to hone in on those and they're not getting buried in uh, an inbox that's got 11,000 emails. That's the important thing. I remember I was listening to... I can't remember how to say his name, Eric Rise or Reese. You know, he's a lean startup guy. I know he talks about uh, a lot about what you just talked about as far as the zero inbox method, doing something with it right then, uh, you know, so you don't have to come back to it again later. I think it's, it's incredible. And just that responsiveness just says a lot about you. You know, I just feel like that's a, it's a great touch with investors or clients, right? You know, and you're just back to them right away. Highlight, I guess, too, some of the, the property management side, how, how you've had this growth. I know, I know, you know, in the bio too, it says like you're, you're, you highlight in the in that show. You all talked about the struggles with strong growth. What what does that what does that mean? I think anybody gets into you know the whole e myth concept. You, you get into you open a bakery because you're good at making pies, or you open a management company because you know how to collect rent. But once you get to a certain point, you have to start hiring people and and uh, managing people and and managing emotions and and uh, figuring out benefits and all that stuff. I think a lot of that that's where a lot of small companies get in trouble, and that's why you know a lot of them never make it, or or ultimately you create a job for yourself, and after ten years you simply sell it because you're so worn out and you'd rather work for somebody else. I think uh, a lot of our struggles over time was not even a lot of our struggles. I, I think we grew back to that whole concept earlier that I said that we didn't hire people quick enough. We were always six months behind hiring the person that we should have been hiring six months in advance. So call it, we were always a year behind the next person we're hiring. And, and because of that, we would put the effort into hiring. It's like you sit down with them. And it's like, oh man, you, I can see myself working with you and then you hire them. And they weren't even probably the right fit. A lot of times, so we, you know, we went through some of uh, that organizational cleanup. You know, a lot of when we were on uh, the C- CNBC show, the deed, 
it was highlighting a lot of those things. You know, the mistake that we ultimately ended up uh, getting on that show for was we bought the wrong property. And it was really just because me as one of the partners of, of this large investment group that we were running, I, I was still running around looking at properties because we had lack of systems or lack of people in place. And uh, getting past that was, was a lot. And, and we've came a long way. But as you grow, you know, any growing company, you, you grow, 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 you hit a ceiling and you got you to gotta adjust systems. Things break and you got to fix them. So uh, that's what I've learned to have fun with. Uh, before, it used to be a dread. Now it's like, all right, cool. But a lot of that comes down to having the right people around. It's a good problem to have, right? As long as you're willing to face that problem and, and tackle it. So you, know, you get to see so many deals. You get to talk to so many investors, including your own deals, things like that. And I love to ask people that, that are, especially as experienced as you are, you know, how they prepare for a downturn or maybe how you see other people preparing for a downturn. What do you see in underwriting right now? What makes the, you know, the properties that you're managing or properties that you have in your portfolio, what makes them just a recession resistant over, over other properties? Well, I think one benefit that we have going into this type of conversation right now, or what I have with people looking at the market is we've never hit here in Chicago and Illinois, we never hit the highs in, in called 90% of the area that, that we were at in 2007. Now, the rest of the country, uh, you guys have blown those, those numbers out of the water for the most part, where we're still struggling to get up there. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, it took us a very long time to cycle through all of our foreclosures because we're a very slow legal judicial state. So, we haven't hit that number. So buying here already, there's still plenty of numbers that make sense that uh, if, you had a, if you're on a hold mentality, you're not going to get burned. But if you're on a flipping, then obviously, I, I think the flipping always comes with more risk and the bigger flips you're going after and in and, and the higher price markets uh, here locally, any little tweak or 10% adjustment will uh, put you uh, losing money. And, and I see a lot of, uh, you know, back in 2008, I, including myself, we all chased the market down. So it's like, all right, do I, do I, do I take a $5,000 loss when I should be taking 20 and just getting rid of it? But then all of a sudden, two months passed, now you're taking 20, but it, it went down 30. And then uh, we never had to do any workouts, but then ultimately people just end up walking away from a lot of those deals. So, you know, it's having the right amount of equity in, in any given property and having some sort of exit strategy or, the ability to hold. Uh, you know, we bought some commercial properties in the last couple of years. We, we bought a handful of them, and our biggest concern was making sure that our balloon was ten years out. Uh, we weren't prepared for a five year. We, we were actually prepared to walk away from the particular deal if we had to figure out uh, a balloon scenario in five years because that, that scared the heck of us. Because we saw a lot of people on the balloons get burned in two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. Do you have any predictions or any anything you're you think is going to happen in real estate market over the next six to twelve months that's guiding your decisions? I think it's just you know there's so many weird elements that that uh, have not came into play. You know, for here in Chicago, we have lack of supply just in housing across the board, and we still have uh, you know money's pretty free as it is around the country to to be lent out right now. So it's just such a weird dynamic of what's happening right now. I think the biggest thing I see happening in the next 6-12 months is nothing. <laughs> and and, and my, I'll even take that out. I, I could see this going into maybe a, a three or four year type period where you know, prices don't do too much, rents don't do too much. They're, they're figuring out some of these. There's a lot of uh, steps they're going to have to take and to kind of back ourselves out of this whole eviction moratoriums. And that's not a like, all right, we turn this off for a year and a half. Now we'll just turn it back on and, and go back to no, business normal. There's going to be a lot of uh, backtracking and figuring that out. So that's just going to cause like this, you know, just staleness to the market, I think, for the next couple of years even. You know, I mean, you've been in this business a long time. You've reached a great, just amazing level of success. You know, any, any daily habits that you're disciplined about that have helped you achieve what you have? Well, you know, the one thing that I've really reading, 
I'm not a reader though. So, uh, so listening. So the whole audiobook concept, you know what, married with a family, you know, and I'm out, not out socializing, you know, obviously we're not out networking, but you know, when you, you have these books, I think uh, that whole saying of you are the average of the five people around you, I, I like to look at that as a book. So I'm gaining the knowledge and, and the average of the books I'm reading. So I think at any given time, there, there's, there's books that I'm reading. Some are on business, some are on uh, real estate investing. You know, I'm a big person of biographies of successful people, just to kind of hear their their ups and downs in whatever period of time in this world they came through. And then, uh, you know, mindset, uh, those books of mindset used that word earlier. I think that is so much of this because uh, will and uh, optimism only gets you so far. It's the mindset that's going to carry you through the tougher times when uh, your, your uh, optimism is wiped out for something. Any books that you would recommend? I usually don't ask for book referrals, but uh, I, you know, if you're a big reader or listener, I'd love to know. I, I love that thought process too. I've not heard that before. As far as you know, it's it's like the people you're surrounding yourself with. You know, you're reading these books of people that you would like to surround yourself with, right? Or you know, or think like them. And so I can see that having a similar effect on yourself. But any books as far as you know that that you just say, hey, this is a must read or bios or mindset. Well, I think uh, so. Mindset, you know, the the who, not how, of course, and Atomic Habits is the other one that I really like. That's all about habit stacking, and just it's a good mindset book. But as far as real estate, I love this book and uh, the Road Less Stupid by uh, Keith Cunningham. <laughs> have you heard that? I have. I've read most of it. I don't have it in. I've got it in another room uh, where I've been reading it. But yes. It is such a great book. And, and I always tell people this uh, when I give kind of presentations to the local real estate groups is I think it's chapter 12 in the book or track 24, or whatever. But he goes through like the 21 things that like hardest lessons he learned about investing in real estate. Now he went from being plus 200 million to like negative 200 million in, in a down cycle back in the 80s. But the lessons he learned are so practical for anybody now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. So Anybody looking in, whether it be single family or, or syndication or anywhere in between, this is just like the great book for anybody in real estate. Love that. Appreciate you bringing that up. It is a book that I've, like I said, I've read most of and look forward to getting back to the rest of it. But what, what's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Bigger pockets and probably people sharing our, our podcasts right now. So we're actually, we're nowhere near what you have as far as a podcast, but we're starting to pick up some speed and people that we don't necessarily know are sharing with other people. We're sharing with other people. So, you know, our goal with the podcast was to be the go-to podcast if you're either new getting into real estate in Chicago or out of state getting into uh, real estate in Chicago. And that, that's starting to pick up some steam. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Responsiveness and, and just getting it done and doing the things on the days when you just don't want to do it or you don't think it's going to lead to anything. And some of the some of the meetings I wanted to cancel that morning ended up being the meetings that that three, four, five different connections or events later turned into some of the biggest opportunities in my life. So, just kind of uh, perseverance, I guess. And how do you like to give back? Any sort of uh, you know, I'm putting together a Burr webinar right now, and all the mistakes we made on Burr. But you know that you know, our presentations like that of all the mistakes I've made, and just coaching people on mindset. Mark, it's been a pleasure to get to know you. Just an amazing story and, and journey to where you're at now, and just all the experience in real estate that you have, and and just really having the mindset of adding value to others and networking in a way that you know you're focused on that person, uh, you know, and so you're just giving more. And obviously, you've accomplished a lot because of that. Whether that person individually helps you or not, uh, gaining quality referrals and how you did that, even the book stuff and the zero inbox, all those things. Grateful for just the tips you've provided. How can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more? More about you. Hopefully, we'll get my cell phone here in the show notes. And uh, you know, you can find our website, gcrealtyinc.com, or check out our podcast, which you can download on iTunes anywhere. 
straight up Chicago investor. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.